crumpled between the compressed front and back seats of the car and its collapsed roof, she was unable to speak. All she could hear was the car's horn blaring. She was unaware that the driver lay dead across the steering wheel. The man who had been sitting next to her just minutes ago had been flung through the car's windshield and was also dead. Their bodyguard, the only other passenger wearing a seatbelt, was bloodied, barely alive, and pinned against the dashboard. A tangle of muffled voices directly above her echoed as if they were a mile away. They were taking pictures. She wanted to scream. I need to get home. I need to see my boys. But she couldn't make herself form the words. Finally, two emergency workers lifted her out of the wreckage. She's alive, said one to the other. It's Diana. She's alive. Part One The Aftermath. September 1st, 1997. Sir Robin Janvrin had the unenviable task of walking up to Balmoral to tell the Queen that Diana had been critically injured in a car accident in Paris. He'd been staying at another house on the estate in Scotland and been awakened in the middle of the night by a phone call from the British Embassy. When the Queen's Deputy Private Secretary informed her of what had happened to the Princess, the Queen was at first incredulous and then alarmed. What in the world was she doing in Paris? said the Queen as she pulled her robe around her. Is Prince Charles awake? We must tell him. For the next several hours, Sir Robin relayed updates from the embassy while the Queen and Prince Charles sat in her sitting room, awaiting word on Diana's condition. CNN was showing pictures of the ghastly scene inside the tunnel. The images of the wreckage were so shocking that it was hard to believe anyone would survive, thought Charles, who felt sick to his stomach. He had left the room briefly to telephone Camilla to tell her what had happened. I'm afraid it's very grave, Mom, said Sir Robin, just after receiving the latest update at four o'clock in the morning. The princess is in a coma. Dodi Fayed and the driver of the car are dead. Their bodyguard is also in a coma. Charles decided he wouldn't wake his sons to tell them about their mother's accident. Let them have a few more hours of sleep, he thought, just in case the worst happens. The queen wondered... If there had been a bodyguard, why had he allowed the driver to enter into a high-speed chase with photographers? Why didn't she tell the British embassy she was in Paris? She thought, but did not say, that if Diana had kept her royal protection officers, none of this would have happened. Instead, she asked, Whatever was she doing with Dodi Fayed? 
That doesn't matter now, said Charles, as he desperately tried to quell his rising sense of dread about Diana's condition. How could he tell his sons that their mother could die? What if she were brain dead? All we can do now is pray she comes out of this alive. The entire staff at Balmoral was on alert and made sure that all the televisions and radios were removed from the sitting rooms and that there were no newspapers in sight come morning. As they waited for hourly updates, the royal family was paralyzed by indecision over how to handle the situation. With the news that Diana hovered near death, Charles wanted to fly to Paris immediately, while the queen disagreed, saying it should be the Spencer family at their daughter's side. Sir Robert Fellows, the queen's private secretary, who was married to Diana's older sister,